CB On Air, cutting edge conversations with those in the central banking community. Hello and welcome back to CB On Air's Womenomics series. I am Rachel King, Associate Editor for Central Banking. Over the past 12 months, I've spoken to prominent female central bankers, academics and international policymakers to discuss the issue of gender imbalances within the central banking industry. We've now come to the end of the series um, and the final episode I'm pleased to announce that I'm joined by the, the Governor of the National Bank of the Republic of Northern Macedonia, Governor Bejoska. Um, so thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. Um, so you're one of the, the newest governors um, in Europe after being appointed last year. I was wondering whether you can maybe tell me a little bit about your career um, and how you got involved in central banking from the, I know you had a bit of time at the finance ministry and also at the IMF, but it'd be good to kind of learn a little bit about your background. Okay, so maybe it's uh, interesting uh, to mention that uh, in fact I have dreamed of becoming a lawyer at some point when I was young. and. That's, in fact, uh, the reason why I enrolled the law high school. Uh, however, somewhere on, um, on this road, uh, learning more about the, the law, uh, getting more involved in this stuff, I in fact, started questioning myself whether this is the, the, the best uh, profession that I would like to, to, to do. Um, so um, eventually I realized that, uh, in fact, economy is the idea where I see my, myself in future, so I uh, decided to continue my education in the field of um, economics. Uh, in terms of uh, my professional career, as you mentioned, uh, I started it with the Minister of Finance of North Macedonia. It was in 1996. Uh, these were the years of... Uh, early years of transition in our economy towards market economy. Uh, and when I look back, I must say I'm really glad that I had a, this opportunity to be part of uh, the team of the Ministry of Finance. Um, it was actively involved in establishing a new system for public finance management. Uh, for young people that just finished uh, the university, it was really a huge opportunity to get uh, more education, experience, something that um, we could, in fact, not get from the formal system, of, formal system of education. So from that point of view, I think it was, it had really uh, huge value for my uh, professional um, career. Um, maybe I should also mention that um, after being at various positions at the Ministry of Finance, including also uh, head of the Treasury of the, of the Ministry of Finance and also uh, State Secretary. I then uh, went to the IMF in, uh, in Washington, D.C., where I spent a couple of years partly being uh, with, the economy, uh, with the European Department, being part of the negotiating missions, doing macro stuff, um, and partly being in the Fiscal Affairs Department. Uh, so uh, after a couple of years in uh, U.S., I came back in uh, North Macedonia um, at the Central Bank. First, uh, I was uh, chief economist for about uh, four years, and then um, I got my first man mandate as the vice governor uh, with terms of office of uh, seven years. Uh, after it expired, I got the, the second mandate as a vice governor, but it was uh, shortly disrupted because I was uh, appointed as uh, uh, governor. My appointment was uh, last year in uh, in May. 
Now, I heard that you almost turned down the job. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, uh, I am a mother of uh, three children. Mm-hmm. Uh, me, uh, when I got the offer for position of uh, governor, being aware of uh, uh, what does it mean effectively, that it means huge uh, responsibility, uh, I was uh, really hesitant, uh, and I uh, thought a lot about whether I could uh, deliver uh, in line with um, expectations uh, which are normally high for such uh, positions. So it was really a, a challenging period uh, for me, making a decision, and especially afterwards, uh, trying to balance uh, the family and, uh, and the work. That's really interesting because um, one of the main things we found is that finding that balance is is crucial if we want women to progress to more senior levels within central banks. So how has your central bank made it possible for you to find that balance? Have there, is there new policies that have been implemented or how have you found managing both the, the family life and the central bank life? Uh, I must admit uh, that it's uh, difficult balancing, especially such a challenging job and a family with uh, with three kids. They are at different age with uh, different demands. Uh, so um, uh, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Uh, it helps me a lot that I have uh, very good staff mm-hmm. around me at Central Bank highly professional staff because the central bank is an institution well regarded with high credibility and institution that has for years invested in people here. So it is a big support um, that I have really excellent colleagues that help me share the the burden, um, help me in uh, making uh, the most important uh, decisions that that we're making. So that's uh, one very important aspect. Uh, Second aspect is that I really love my my job. I mean, I have always um, liked uh, doing macroeconomy. Uh, so, um, especially doing in such a professional institution, which offers a lot of possibility for um, professional upgrade, I would say um, it's really a, and I, it's a very challenging. But I might say that from other side, it's intellectually stimulating job that um, fulfills my uh, my life in a way. Um, in a way that I feel very comfortable and, and pleased uh, with the things that I'm doing and with the progress that uh, together my colleagues and I are doing in preserving the macro stability, which is not so easy uh, being in such a region as uh, Western uh, Balkans. Uh, I should uh, also mention uh, that uh, it's very important that I have also a great support from my husband and for the grandmas, so wider family, uh, puts a lot of uh, effort in uh, helping me, um, helping me managing uh, and, and uh, striking the, uh, the right balance between the professional work, professional challenges, uh, as well as uh, private challenges. Well, I'm sure they're all incredibly proud of you, and I'm sure your children at home will look up to you and see you in these powerful positions um, breaking ground. Um, I wanted to ask you personally, how does it feel to be to be in a minority and leading a central bank? Because, I mean, there are only 
three women in Europe now leading central banks. You've got your counterparts in Russia and Serbia. Do you ever feel that things aren't going to change? I mean, how does it feel when you come to the big governors' meetings and, and you feel like you're the only woman at the table? Oh, um, yes, um, I, I agree. The data clearly point that women are underrepresented at senior position within the central banking community. As you mentioned, only 13, 14 central banks have a female governor out of 173, and it is mostly in smaller economies apart from Russia, I, I think. Even, um, even if we look at the representation of the woman, not just uh, as a governor, but uh, for example, at the monetary policy uh, decision-making bodies, still uh, it's clearly that the, the, the female are underrepresented. For example, if in, even if we take the ECB, I mean, uh, the, uh, the picture is not, uh, is not uh, really better because, uh, for example, according to some statistics, only in the last 20 years, only 6% of the members of the ECB Council uh, were female. So uh, it seems it's a, a global phenomenon and global issue. Obviously, we are living in a man-dominated world. Um, and from this perspective, uh, I think for all uh, female governors, including for me, it's not an easy, uh, not an easy task. Uh, you mentioned uh, attending. Uh, how do I feel when I attend some meetings? Um, I must admit that it's not a pleasant feeling. You enter a room, and you kind of feel that you are the only female in that uh, room. Um, of course, colleagues are very nice, and maybe uh, sometimes I get special treatment because I'm one or a few of the uh, present at some uh, uh, at some meetings. Uh, but still, I think um, the message is that um, I think uh, societies overall should uh, uh, undertake some uh, policy measures to um, provide. Um, equal opportunities for, for women because there is um, huge potential. I mean, if this potential, if this uh, segment is tapped, uh, for example, there are some uh, researches that clearly points that to the extent that the gender gap uh, is closed or, or narrowed, uh, there might be a huge benefit, not just for the women, but uh, for the society um, at large. Um, so um, I think there is um, a vast room for um, improving um, the position of the woman generally in the society because uh, low underrepresentation of, uh, or un underrepresentation of, of female uh, at top positions it's not just confined to the, the central banking it's an overall overall issue so um, maybe uh, holistic approach. Uh, is needed to uh, to improve the uh, the gender balance and increase some uh, gender diversity across uh, different segments in the economy, including in the central banking community. I think I think policy is definitely the way to go, and we've touched on a number of um, various approaches throughout the series. We've looked at how HR processes and recruitment processes can be changed and whether there needs to be a sort of cultural shift. Um, and you've touched on a couple and what you've just said. Uh, how does how does your central bank approach diversity? Does it have any specific policies in place to help level the playing field? Uh, 
In, uh, in our bank, we do not have uh, any explicit policies in this regard, but uh, maybe this reflects the fact that females are well represented. Uh, I think that uh, we're a good example of a central bank with uh, quite a good share of women, adequate representation. For example, if I uh, look at the total number of employees, about close to two-thirds are women in our central bank. And also, if I look at the management structure, uh, close to 60% of the management positions are held by female. Uh, in addition, uh, we have uh, gov um, the, the, the top positions are governor and three, three vice governor. So out of three vice governor, uh, two vice governors are uh, female. Uh, in fact, when I was appointed as um, governor, I uh, proposed uh, two female, my colleagues from a central bank with uh, long experience and excellent qualifications for position of vice governors, and I am very happy that there was a wide uh, parliamentary uh, support for my um, proposal. So I have now out of three vice governors, uh, two, two females, which I think it's a um, big step in, in, in our society. Uh, when I was appointed as a governor, uh, this was uh, the big stride, I would say, uh, uh, within the overall society, because for the first time in North Macedonia we have a, a female uh, a governor. So I think uh, probably gradually the things are changing and probably the perception of, uh, about the role of, uh, that the woman should play in society is changing. Um, um, we as a central bank are trying to demonstrate to, through different activities that really um, there should be equal opportunities for, for men and uh, women. And, and in fact, I'm very happy that uh, in, in the management structure in the central bank, female uh, dominate. Of course, let me just mention that uh, it's not just uh, a matter of uh, gender, it's a matter of also uh, having adequate qualifications, adequate experience, so it's not just that we are having a, a more uh, or better representation of women, but we are having high, really high quality and well-experienced uh, females here with, with us in the Central Bank. It definitely sounds like uh, you're you're blazing a trail, and no doubt your two vice governors will act as role models for people coming through the pipeline. Um, now, I just wanted to kind of touch on on the future because you've only been in the job for well less than a year, um, and your country is kind of on the brink of a transition. Um, Macedonia is obviously some way off from becoming part of the EU, but have you started to think about what impact that might have on your country's economy? Yes, um, I think uh, probably I should mention that uh, we have been a, a candidate uh, for EU for quite some, some years, but unfortunately, because of non-economic factors, probably you know this long-standing dispute over the, the name with, uh, with the Greece, has been holding us back in the, in the progress uh, towards the EU accession. Uh, I'm very glad that uh, at the beginning of this uh, year, uh, governments managed to, to find a solution to this um, long-standing dispute. And now, uh, for me, what is important is that I see more brighter perspective for our economy, uh, lower uncertainty, uh, more clear, um, uh, more clear future uh, future developments. 
So I think um, we are now entering a new uh, stage because uh, high uncertainty, unclear uh, political and medium-term economic process of the economy so far has been holding back. Uh, the FDI inflows, um, other types of uh, capital inflows in the economy, which are very important since we are a very small economy where uh, domestic savings are not enough to underpin adequate financial intermediation, which in turn is uh, one of the key important factors for uh, supporting the real convergence of our economy. So now, um, more clear perspectives, brighter EU future, I think will, will provide a new uh, impulse for the whole uh, for the whole economy. Uh, we, uh, as a central bank, uh, for years have been uh, preparing for eventual EU uh, membership. Um, so uh, we uh, have made a lot of analysis, screening of our practices, of um, the, the standards that we are implementing. What are the gaps in in relation to the to the EU best practices and regulation and we have uh, tried to implement to the extent possible uh, the EU regulation and um, align the central banking um, regulation with the um, uh, EU as our goal is uh, as economy uh, as our economy integrates with the uh, EU becomes so eventually a part of the uh, European Union and we as a uh, central bank becoming a part of the system of the European Central Bank. So uh, one of the uh, challenges in the forthcoming period is continuing with this process of aligning our systems, procedures, regulation with the with, with EU, uh, not just because of the EU and not just because the EU is our uh, strategic uh, decision uh, for which I think more or less there is a, a wide consensus in our uh, society but because uh, this means improvement in quality, uh, uh, improvement in terms of the resilience of our, for example, financial system, reducing the vulnerabilities of our economy. So overall, all these uh, reforms or changes that we plan to implement further will increase the resilience of the economy, bringing it closer to the European economy, because eventually uh, we will have to have synchronized business cycles for the European economy with the European economy, so that the monetary policy uh, that uh, will be conducted at the EU level uh, is also adequate for uh, for our uh, economy. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our plan is, uh, of course, uh, after the entrance into the European Union to, uh, of course, quickly proceed with the introduction of, of the euro, uh, although I must say probably this process of uh, negotiating with, with EU will take, uh, will take some, some time. Uh, but uh, European Union is our natural uh, partner, partner and adoption of a euro seems very logical uh, given the strategy that we are now pursuing. Currently we have a strategy of de facto fixed exchange rate of domestic currency to euro. So in any case we are not using the exchange rate as a shock absorber. So it's a natural process to adoption of euro in such uh, circumstances. Uh, if I speak about the Maastricht uh, criteria, uh, given the 
uh, overall prudent policies uh, in the past, uh, the level of the debt, uh, also the interest rates in the economy, it's stable inflation. We haven't faced with any major challenges with regards to, to inflation, so we think that, um, yes, of course, we, we will have to continue to work, continue to uh, preserve the macro stability, but overall, I don't think it will be um, a big challenge for us if we continue, of course, with a prudent policy. Uh, still, we are witnessing some changes in this uh, process. For example, now looking at the Bulgarian experiences, there might be also some new requirements for uh, adopting the, the euro, um, for which we are, we are aware. And uh, of course, we will continue to do our best to fulfill all the requirements and one day to be part of the European Union and have the euro as our uh, national currency. Well, it sounds like all the regulation and policies you have in place should allow you to smoothly transition through. Um, I'm curious, do do the national central banks that are already part of the, the EU offer any assistance in this regard? Are there any kind of collaborative projects you're working on with them to help Macedonia when, when the time comes for it to be integrated? Yes, uh, definitely. We're uh, using different uh, available instruments uh, to get a technical assistance from European system of central banks. For example, uh, a couple of years ago, we had one very um, uh, detailed um, uh, and useful, I would say, uh, project that literally screened all our uh, processes in terms of the regulation, in terms of the best practices, and clearly identified, for example, gaps that need to be, that need to be uh, addressed. Uh, after this uh, project, uh, we have been receiving a lot of TA to help us closing the, the gaps and that uh, were identified, although for some of the gaps, of course, where we uh, feel that we have uh, strong staff, adequate qualifications, we are doing by ourselves. But in general, yes, uh, we have uh, uh, great support from the European institutions and I hope that in the forthcoming period, uh, we will continue uh, to enjoy the uh, technical assistance from the European Union. Mm -hmm. So over over the next couple of years, um, your your biggest goals. I'm curious. You you've kind of put yourself as this new um, role model for women in central banking. Your economy is on the brink of change. What do you want to achieve um, over your term? What sort of legacy do you want to leave behind? Uh, well, uh, first of all, I think uh, preserving macroeconomic and financial stability is my primary objectives, as these are of paramount importance for growth prospects and well-being of each citizens of, or citizen of my uh, country. Uh, this in turn requires continued reforms in different segments of the central banking activities to further increase our institutional capacity and uh, analytical infrastructure. Uh, that would allow us to properly uh, assess the macroeconomic developments and related risk and uh, appropriately recalibrate our uh, policies. Uh, for example, our medium-term strategy envisages many projects uh, in different areas. I can mention, for example, statistics. Um, probably it will be useful to also mention that recently we uh, implement the highest standards in the um, statistic area, and this is uh, SDDS plus IMS standard, uh, which is a very important um, 
progress uh, that we made in, in our country in terms of having adequate data and uh, also improving perceptions of domestic and foreign investors for, for the quality of, of the data that we are producing and also using to, to make um, policy decisions. Then also very important area is um, improving, uh, further improving our research capacities and uh, macro forecasting infrastructure, uh, further developing monetary policy instrumentarium uh, to be able to react in a timely manner to any kind of shocks that our economy might face. Uh, then also uh, strengthening supervisory and macroprudential uh, capacity. Um, in the post-crisis period, um, there is general trend of um, assigning more responsibilities to the to the central bank, given the lessons learned from from the crisis. So, um, despite the main objectives, as we have uh, price stability and contributing to the stability of the financial system, now there is ongoing process strengthening the responsibility of our central bank in terms of uh, macroprudential um, regulation, uh, crisis uh, resolution, consumer protection, as well as financial literacy and financial inclusiveness. So uh, these are uh, new segments that we uh, plan to uh, further uh, develop because obviously uh, they will bring a lot of uh, benefits for, for the whole um, society. Uh, one uh, idea where I expect um, that uh, will be becoming more and more relevant, this is the fintech segment. Uh, so we are uh, currently in the process of establishing, um, for example, innovation hub uh, as, uh, as an instrument that will help us um, uh, stimulate uh, the entrance of new uh, players at the financial markets in different segments, in particular, for example, in the payment services which uh, uh, can play an important role in um, increasing the access to different kinds of financial uh, products by the, by the consumers, alleviating access, having more diversified access, cheaper access, so uh, higher competition in, in this segment might be uh, might be uh, useful. Uh, so there are, uh, I just mentioned a couple of segments where uh, our medium-term strategy is, uh, is focused. Um, we are, uh, but what is important to underline is that when we defined our strategy, including all these projects, in the background we of course had uh, the implications for uh, of these measures for the EU uh, EU prospect. So uh, we, in fact, um, always had in mind uh, the newest or the latest uh, EU standards and requirements, so that all the steps that we are uh, doing towards improving the quality of our job and uh, probably uh, overall contributing to, to, to uh, positive development in, in our country that they are consistent with uh, EU, EU uh, requirements. Well, it sounds like your goals are very much aligned with uh, some of the major central banks who are also looking at, at fintech and how these new forms of technology can streamline traditional processes. And, and also with um, data, there are a number of central banks looking at how they can gather financial sector data and feed this into models to fine-tune their macroeconomic policies. So it definitely sounds like you've got your, your work cut out for you over your term. I think that that's all we've got time for today. So, uh, Governor, I'd, I'd 
like to thank you again for joining us. It's always a pleasure to speak to one of the community's role models. Um, and we at Central Banking wish you all the best of luck for the rest of your term. Thank you very much. It was really a pleasure being part of this event. Thank you. Um, to our listeners, uh, this podcast series was a bit of a shot in the dark for us at Central Banking. Um, so I wanted to thank you for sticking with us over the 10, 10 episodes and providing us with a platform to speak on topics which really do um, form the crux of our content. So so thank you for providing us with a platform to talk to all these amazing women. Um, CB on Air will continue later on in the year with some new series. <laughs> <laughs>